includes a paid promotion. Whether it was from a, a health perspective that because of swimming, it was controlling their diabetes, or because of swimming, they got through a divorce, or they got through their parents' death. So it's just encouraged me to remember why I'm on deck. I'm on deck now for a different reason than I was the first couple of years. First couple of years, I was trying to make everybody the best swimmer. Now I'm on deck to just make everybody the best person, you know, and to be happiest and healthiest. Welcome to the award-winning Champions Mojo, hosted by two world record-holding athletes and health, life, and leadership coaches. Be inspired as you listen to Conversations with Champions. And now, your hosts, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast. And today, as usual, I am co-hosting with Maria Parker. Hey, Maria. Hey, Kelly. How are you? Oh, Maria, I am doing great. And I am so excited for today's interview. We have a real champion. I'm calling her swimming royalty. It's none other than Linda Irish Bostic, the extraordinary coach of the Palm Beach Masters. Linda is fresh off of just winning the 2022 U.S. Masters Coach of the Year. Her team has also got 500 registered members, full FINA world record holders, USMS record holders, relay records. This year alone, they had three all-star honors, all-star, which means you're number one, the most number ones. This is a big statistic, 491 top tens. But all those wow. stats really pale in comparison to just the person that Linda is as a coach. I've known Linda since 1982. And she has such a rich history of both being this amazing master's coach and being an amazing swimmer herself, swam in the final of the Olympic trials in 1980, almost made the Olympic team, has swum for three Olympic coaches herself, swam at the University of Florida, where Florida won the NCAA title. Linda just has every aspect of being a great swimmer. And Maria, there's even more, isn't there? Well... As a coach, Linda's been at the elite level. And while she's been a busy master's coach as a master swimmer herself, she's earned All-American honors in 16 different seasons in both pool and open water, earning the most elite all-star honor for open water. We can't wait to hear the mojo this champion uses to succeed. Linda, welcome. Thank you, ladies. That was beautiful. Thank <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we didn't talk got, about half the stuff you did. <laughs> we didn't talk about half the stuff you did. So Linda, one of our new techniques here for Champion Mojo's regulars, we're going with what we're calling the power question first. So if you only got five minutes to listen, what would be the one question that you want to ask Linda? And here's what we're going to come up with. So Linda, with all of us out here, whether we're really new swimmers, experienced swimmers, new triathletes, experienced triathletes, just weekend warriors. We're all adult athletes that want to improve. So here's the question. What is the quickest way to go from being mediocre to being above average to champion? I would say without a doubt, just simply being consistent. I think anything and everything in life, if you can be consistent and dedicated to your plan, you're going to get better and better. So consistency, that's, I think it's the name of the game. I love it. Now, the follow-up question, which if you only get two questions. Now, you are the coach of Dan Latano, which 
Interestingly, Dan's show, when we interviewed Dan Latano on this show, the title of that show was No Swimming History to World Record Number One in Five Years. And that has been one of our five top most downloaded shows ever. Every day that I check our downloads, that show, and now it's 60 days old, is still getting multiple downloads a day. People are finding that. People are connecting with that. Tell us, tell us a little bit, because we heard Dan's side of the story. First, are you the person that called Dan an elephant in the water? (laughs) Actually, I called him a baby giraffe. (laughs) If you can imagine when a baby giraffe is born, they have those really long legs and really long arms, and they have a hard time standing up. So I called him a baby giraffe. Okay, so what would you say the reason Dan has gone from no swimming history to this world number one is the reason. What's the reason? Wow. So I remember when Dan Latano walked on the pool deck five years ago. And it's interesting. He showed up because he was simply looking for some aerobic exercise. He was in the weight room doing strength training, wanted to you know, kind of balance that with some aerobic exercise. And I remember I was coaching, he was watching, and he said he'd be the next day to dive in. He was a big, tall guy. So he looks like a swimmer, tall, big, broad shoulders, long torso, just has that swimmer look. And he told me he was a baseball player, I believe. Was a baseball player is what he was Mm -hmm. through college. He definitely missed his calling because when he dove in to swim with us, he was about in my third fastest lane of eight from the very beginning. And he was just slashing through the water, just muscling through the water. He's very, very strong. But I could tell from the beginning, he had a pretty good feel for the water. And Dan was consistent. You know, as I mentioned before, he started swimming with us regularly. And it wasn't a month or so later, he went to a swim meet and dove in and swam silly fast down in Fort Lauderdale in a meet in February. And then in April, he went to nationals. And I remember when he swam the 100 free, His starts and turns were really ugly because he doesn't have any experience doing this, but he dove in and he swam so fast. And at the end of that hundred, he was the fastest hundred freestyler on our team the first year. Wow. So he just, he just got fast really quick. He definitely missed his calling. He should have been a swimmer. I know he swam this past weekend at the Rowdy Gaines meet up in Orlando, and he's still improving his times. He missed another world record by about a hundredth of a second. So he's just incredible. He really is. Yeah. So to answer him on the consistency question, so when he started, did he go every day? Did he get bitten by the bug? How does one, if you're kind of starting from a really beginner place, how can we be consistent as a beginner or some new at something without getting frustrated? If I remember, Dan has pretty much come about every other day to the pool. So yeah, he's been consistent. He doesn't miss week, but you know he's balancing his family and his work and he's made it a high priority and a commitment. So he's showing up as many days a week as he can. When you're trying to motivate your athletes, you know, what kinds of things are you saying, thinking, you know, how are you bringing out the best? Because you've got this amazing group and it just keeps getting bigger. Obviously, you're attracting people. What kinds of things are you doing that's bringing out such good performances? I think we're just all having fun. I mean, we're adults. We're choosing to swim as our athletic 
endeavor. That's our choice of exercise. And at this point in life, I think we're just doing it for our mental health and our physical health and just want to have a good time. I try to motivate them really by just getting kind of excited and silly on deck myself. I want them to have a really good time that hour they're in the pool with us so that they want to come back tomorrow and they want to see their coach. They want to see their lane mates because they're becoming friends with them. And, you know, so I think it's, I just try to encourage them to have a good time. So you're having fun. You are up there getting excited and silly. (laughs) Is that fun for you? Why do you do it? Oh, I did not start master's program to coach. I really wanted a master's program in my area where I could swim. And I just kind of fell into coaching. I went to the interview with Palm Beach County to help them select from the other applicants who was the best coach. And I found out I was the only applicant and I was hired to be the coach. And then I had to start trying to figure out how can I coach and swim? And I learned real quickly, it's really tough to be a head coach and and swim. but. I don't know why I do it. You know, I've been doing it 14 years now with Masters Swimming, and I have learned through the years what an impact it does make on individual. You know, there's been points in time when someone would write me a thank you card or would pull me aside and tell me how much our program means to them, or has, you know, made a financial donation at the end of the year, just thanking all of the coaches, whether it was for my a health perspective that because of swimming, it was controlling their diabetes or because of swimming, they got through a divorce or they got through their parents' death. So it's just encouraged me to remember why I'm on deck. I'm on deck now for a different reason than I was the first couple of years. First couple of years, I was trying to make everybody the best swimmer. Now I'm on deck to just make everybody the best person, you know, and to be happiest and healthiest. That's a great answer. So in this road to coaching, I've had the good fortune of watching you on the pool deck a lot and have this natural combination of cheerleader and boss. When you put together eight <laughs> relays that are all in two heats, I hear you know that voice coming out. All right, people, it's a very friendly, but very encouraging way that you coach and gather your team. So how is it that you handle that range of swimmer that's just there for fitness versus the people that want to be an all-star? Yeah, that's a really great question. And I think it's a question that you have to answer and know what your team is. We've decided from the very beginning to be a team that welcomes everyone. Some master's programs across the country will not accept swimmers who want to do their own thing or aren't fast enough to keep up with the intervals. From the very beginning, we've welcomed, whether it be an Olympian, who I'm thrilled when they show up on deck and want to swim with us, all the way to someone that just learned how to swim as an adult. Everybody is there for a completely different reason. And so trying to make everybody happy is not easy. I think it's much more difficult to coach master swimming than it is age group or college swimming as far as balancing everyone's needs and making everybody. But I think if you know why people are there and you ask them in the very beginning, how'd you hear about us? We know what brought you to the pool and you know what their goals are. You know why they're there. You just keep that in mind. And again, we go back to having a good time, having fun and connecting with everyone. I try to connect with everyone, say hello to everyone, use their name, every practice, see how the family is. We have figured out a way 
to have some days 22 lanes going across the pool. You might be swimming 200s down here and 50s down there, and we're all in the same interval. So that's amazing. Yeah, it's, like it's, it's fun. Like- and it's fun when we're all in the same interval, just swimming different distances. And then other days, you know, the Wahoo, my faster group might be doing 2100s on a crazy fast interval. And my manatee, who are my slower swimmers and newer swimmers, they might be trying to see they can do five 100s on a slow interval for them. But it's their first time using the clock and understanding intervals. Okay. Tell us how your day-to-day life works that allows that kind of happiness and success. Wow. That's a big question. Well, I have my husband. And I have one 29-year-old son. My husband is now retired. I was 20 years corporate America, and now I'm running my own business, coaching master swimming. So I've slowed down a lot in life, and I'm trying to be very balanced. My head is always going, and so I have to end every evening with what I call a brain dump. And so everything that's kind of stressing me or I'm thinking about, I write down and make a list. And usually there's one or two things that I didn't get done that day that I really should have gotten done that day, or maybe the day before or the day before that. And it's still worrying me. So I do do that brain dump at the end of each day before I go to bed. And when I wake up in the morning, I try to do my best to work my to-do list. I'm a to-do list person. And I try to keep it balanced. And I try to turn off work when I can turn it off and take care of myself by, I found that I've had to start going to the gym more than the pool. Because at the pool, I'm interrupted too much by my swimmers and folks like that in order to get my time in. I've also recently had knee surgery. And so swimming wasn't necessarily the best post-follow-up exercising. I needed to do some strengthening on my own. So just balancing what I needed with what everyone else needs. Because probably my whole life, I was just go, 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 go. And you know, I think women tend to not say no. And we tend to do everything for our family first. So now I'm, I'm real happy to be at a place right now where life is, is nice and balanced and it's a good place. That's great. And sleeping, nutrition, any particular things you try to do there? I'm a really good sleeper. When I put my head on the pillow, I sleep really well. I need a lot of sleep. I'm a eight to nine, 10 hour sleeper. Unfortunately, I wish more than anything, I was one of these folks that can get up in about four or five hours, because I could get so much done if I could be a five-hour sleeper, but I'm not. So I'm naturally a good sleeper. I'm very thankful for that. Nutrition, I start every day perfectly, and I end every day falling off. So I'll admit it. That's my life. I get through the middle of the day with my great nutrition plan, and I end up probably at the end of the day, I've had some ice cream, or I've had a margarita, or I've, you know, whatever. So That's real. I like it. So Linda, Maria and I love to talk about pain, bring the pain, baby. So you have done a lot of distance swimming. You've been an all-star in open water, which means you've done long stuff. A, how did you deal with pain in some of your toughest races yourself? And how would you advise others to deal with the pain of the long race? You know, I'm not sure if I have a good answer for this. I wish I did. But I will just say that the more in shape I am, the better the race goes. So I don't really remember a lot of races with a lot of pain. And if you think about like the Olympians, they touch the wall. They're breathing hard for 30 seconds, 
they pop out of the water and they're interviewing and they're not even breathing hard by then. So it's incredible when you're in really fit and really in good shape, your heart rate recovers so quickly. And during the race, especially now as a master swimmer, I'm always right on that edge of probably where my heart rate I know is going to go a little too high. So as a master swimmer now, I'm always holding back a little because I'm not quite in the best shape as I was when I swam in my teenage and 20 years where I could just go. And I knew I was in great shape and you just do your best and you work your plan of what you trained and the intervals that you were holding or the pace that you were holding during practice, you knew what to do. Now, I'm not always so sure. So I dive on with this tech suit that makes me feel super fast. And I've got to hold back because at some point, if I don't, the heart rate's going to get too high. And so I'm just trying to see every time maybe I flip it 100, can I push it a little more or not? And I will also say I am always thinking about my technique. I don't go to La La Land too much. I am thinking about trying to make sure I'm breathing, that I'm not holding my breath, that I'm exhaling when my face is in the water, that I'm riding high up in the water and my turnover isn't getting too slow. All things that will not help in my race. So I'm also one of these people that when I trained and now when I train, I'm every length, I'm thinking technique, every stroke. I'm constantly thinking technique. I'm constantly trying what works better. And I love swimming next to someone that's my speed and practice where I can try some other thing. No one ever taught me distance per stroke as far as less strokes per length, but I was always practicing it beside the person next to me trying to swim with less strokes because to me, it seemed easier that it was naturally less, you know, less work. So I was always trying to do whatever it was that was less work. And I found out it actually made me to be a much more efficient swimmer. Yeah. Technique is so powerful. Yeah. Um, I think especially as you get older, when you need to rely on your technique more than, you know, on your VO2 max or whatever, because you just, you know, you've got to, so you can swim smarter and wiser and not quite so hard. And it's not so much about the pain. I like that as an answer to the, what about pain question? I think that's wonderful. Get I your didn't have an answer, right. did I? <laughs> no, it was, it's, it's an excellent answer. I think yeah. I like it. Okay. You don't get to be your age and 20 years in the corporate world and a parent and a coach without having overcome some hard stuff, obstacles. So tell us your tips and tricks. Maybe tell us about an obstacle that you've overcome. Maybe some some encouragement for those of us who are in the thick of it. When I think about Linda Irish Bostic, I don't think about a lot of obstacles. I don't remember having lots of obstacles. Now, if I stop and reflect and I think about my life hindsight, I think, oh, that was an obstacle. Oh, that was an obstacle. But I certainly never have ever viewed anything as an obstacle. I fix a problem right away. I, If something comes up, I'm going to deal with it. So I don't know. I've I don't have a good story of someone who dealt with a big obstacle in their life. And maybe my big obstacle has yet to come in my life. I've also thought that. So Okay. So Linda, this is the perfect place for Maria and I to tell you that we have this theory that there's an elite level of champion that they have tons of obstacles. They just they don't just, see They can't them. remember them. 
they can't remember them. And you know, it's like, so a lot of people would say having knee surgery is an obstacle, but that's not surprising. So that leads into one of our, probably our second to last question. What commonalities do you think that you've seen in champions? I would say probably that champions, wow. I think they just have a really strong belief in themselves. I always knew I could do anything, whether it be through my swimming years to have, you know, done so well in swimming, to starting a master's program from scratch with no swimmers in the pool. I always believed it would be successful. So I have very strong faith and I guess I have a strong self-esteem. If I set my mind to it, I know I can accomplish it. And it's just, am I willing to do what it takes to make it happen. They have that belief. They have that faith. That's a great All answer. right. Maria, you want to ask the last question before we go to the sure. sprinter round? Sure. Linda, what is one thing that you would like to tell our listeners that we haven't already asked? I giggle all the time because I think that as a master swimmer, I can beat my 10-year-old self, but I cannot beat my 12-year-old self. <laughs> Take your mark. Okay. We know you're a little bit lean towards distance, but are you ready to go into the sprinter round? Sure. All right. These are quick answers. This is why it's called sprinter, Linda. So <laughs> it's it's like one word, one phrase answer. Okay. What do you consider the best sandwich? Grilled cheese. <laughs> what do you own that you should throw out? Half of my closet of my wardrobe. <laughs> okay. The scariest animal. Probably a snake. What celebrity would you most like to meet? I would really love to meet Natalie Coughlin someday. She's a great, great female swimmer. Good answer. Good answer. All right. What is the hardest swimming event? I'm going to say 200 freestyle because some people would really argue that one with me. I need to hear just a quick sentence of why. Because you got to sprint it. If you're going to do your best time, you have got to go for it from the very beginning. And often, It is the most painful last 50 you'll ever swim in your life. Okay, here's mine. Favorite smell? Lavender. Do you make your bed every morning? No, I kind of pretend like I have. I kind of at least pull the covers up because my husband's still in bed when I leave in the morning and he makes the bed later in the day. Nice. Kickboard or no kickboard? Kickboard. If you had to listen to one song for the rest of your life, what would it be? Probably a Carpenter's song. <laughs> so I'm on the top of the world. Perfect. I love <laughs> that. I, I love that song for you. That's so great. Uh, okay. Or Ain't No Mountain Higher. Another oh one. That's my not gosh. Carpenter's. But, uh, you know, something motivational. Most uh, of the songs I listen to are motivational songs, you know, that have some sort of, and it's got to be snappy, you know. <laughs> okay. Describe your life in five words. Crazy, <laughs> fun, outgoing words, making, making the most, whatever. I, I try to make sure I make the most of each day, each year, each event. And just very thankful. Window or aisle? Aisle. Favorite swimming facility? Probably the University of Texas facility in Austin. It is a fast fast pool. And I have lots of great memories when I swam in high school there. Nice. Okay. Last one. What word comes to mind when you dive in the water? 
that it's always wet and cold. So I'm like, oh. Well, that's fabulous. <laughs> Linda, this has been such a pleasure for Maria and I really. Oh, Linda, I would love to have coffee with you in real life when I'm down in Florida. Uh, well, you guys are doing a great job with the podcast. I've listened to several of them and I think you guys are just doing a terrific job with it. Well, thanks. This is going to be a really great episode. Stay tuned for the takeaways. Want to succeed like a champion? Five-time Olympic coach Bob Bowman, coach of Olympic legend Michael Phelps, says Kelly's book, Take Your Mark Lead, is a powerful addition to your personal improvement library, and learners from all walks of life will gain key insights and enjoy this inspiring book. Take Your Mark Lead, debuted as an Amazon number one bestseller in five categories and is available online. And now, the takeaways. So the takeaways for Linda Irish Bostic, what a champion all the way around, champion human, swimmer, coach, just girlfriend. I just, Linda is one of my favorite people. She's, yeah. she's just amazing. So our takeaways, we had a lot, but we're each going to do two. Maria, what is your first one? What are you going to walk out of this interview with? And you said it made a huge impression on you. Yeah. What she said that made a big impression on me is that when she goes out there and coaches, she calls everybody by name. She remembers the details of their family. She also said, we try to help people instead of trying necessarily to help them be the best swimmer, we try to help them be the best people they can be. I think that sort of encapsulated who she is and what makes her joyful and having fun and loving it and certainly inspired me to do that in my activities with others. Yes. My first impression of something that I'm going to take out of this is technique. When we asked her right. about pain, she talked about technique. And I think that I would like to define technique as something that you could do with anything, not just with swimming. Certainly when we're on a podcast, I think about our podcasting technique, which is you know trying to have the best audio, the best guests, the best content whatever one is doing to really think about what you're doing. And Linda strikes me as this person who is very thoughtful. She does to-do lists. She, you said she remembers people's names. So her technique, one of her techniques as a coach is to know people, to right. think about people as people instead of just being, you know, swimmers. Right. And so my takeaway is how important it is to think about what you're doing. And at the end of the day, that comes down to being in the present moment, right? right. Being focused on the process. Where yeah. are you? What are you doing? Yeah. I love that. That's a great, that's a great synopsis. I love it. So what is your second one? I just really liked this. She said that her brain is so full of stuff. She said she was a great sleeper, which I also loved, you know, <laughs> she's like, I, she needs a lot of sleep, but she's a great sleeper. But one of the reasons that why she seems to be able to sleep so well is that she does a brain dump. At the end of the day, she just writes. I thought she was going to say she talked to somebody, but she actually just writes everything down. And then there's usually a few things that she didn't get to that, you know, that'll make tomorrow's to-do list. But I love that. I think it's probably why she's a good sleeper. She gets it all out of her head before she goes to bed. I love that. That is a takeaway we could all use. Yes. That, and and I've heard that before, but do you know anybody that actually does it? So no, there, I don't do does it. it. Yeah. yeah. Like, because that is the 3 a.m. that I'll wake up and be like, oh, I should have done that. Or I should be yeah. thinking about that. I love that. Yeah. I'm gonna, I might try the brain dump. So my final takeaway, and, and this will wrap the show, is this is a woman who, when we asked, what commonality do champions share? And she is a true champion. And it's 
it's confidence. It's the X factor. It's the faith in yourself. It's believing in yourself. And that is so important. Even if you fake it till you make it, or you may not be 100% sure that you can do something, but if you believe in yourself, then you are going to do better at anything. So I think the commonality that she sees in champions is confidence and that you got to have faith in yourself and you got to believe. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of, and she (laughs) couldn't think of obstacles. I think she's always thinking about the good side, you know, the positive side and that where her confidence in part comes from, she's expecting good things and good things happen. Yes. Beautiful. All right, Maria, another awesome show in the books. Love you so much. Love you too. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Champions Mojo podcast. Did you enjoy the show? We'd be grateful if you would leave us a five-star review on iTunes to help others find us. And we'd also love to hear from you. We're on all social media platforms, or you can reach us at championsmojo.com.